You're listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Scripture lesson today is uh, continuing to be from Acts. And today it's from chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Let's join together in hearing the word of God. Now during those days when the disciples were increasing in number, the Hellenists complained against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve called together the community of the disciples and said, It's not right that we should neglect the word of God in order to wait on tables. Therefore, friends, select from among yourselves seven men of good standing, full of the wisdom and spirit, whom we may appoint to this task, while we, for our part, will devote ourselves to prayer and to the serving of the word. What they said pleased the whole community, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, together with Philip and Pocorus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And they had these men stand before the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of the Lord continued to spread. The number of the disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and may your word be more than just words to us, and we more than only hearers, but doers. In Christ's name, amen. Well, as we've seen so far in our sermon series, the book of Acts describes the work of God through the church in the early days. It begins with basically 12 in leadership and maybe 120 in the entire Christian congregation. But soon the numbers swell to 3,000 or so. And by Acts chapter 4, we're told there are 5,000 men, which maybe means 20 or so in the entire church. And yet by the time we arrive at today's reading, just two, cha- two chapters later, approximately 90% of the way through the Bible, God's people in the church of Jesus Christ are effectively the same as way back in Genesis chapter 6. Way back in Noah's days when God destroyed the earth with a flood because, quote, there was rampant, rampant wickedness among all mankind. In other words, in spite of all that's happened since the great flood, after all the lessons that have been taught, after Jesus has come and lived and redeemed humanity through the cross and the resurrection, and even after the church has begun in earnest, people are still not as God intended. Even people in the church are still, surprise, surprise, infested with sin. And some are still complaining. 
even still using the same word that was used to describe the, the murmuring, the complaining of God's people way back in the desert wilderness with Moses. For there's always been sin, and even now in the church, there's sin because there's always been people in the church. It's sort of like the elite Hollywood club that asked comedian Groucho Marx to join. He declined with the now famous words, I'd never want to join any organization that would have me as a member. And that could easily apply to the church, for the church is and always has been full of people and therefore full of sin, sinful people. And because of that, people in churches have always had trouble always agreeing with one another since way before the great schism of 1054, when the first official split in the church took place. That split created the Eastern Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church. Then there was the Protestant Reformation. There have been several church splits since then, even up until the recent past. Churches are full of people, and, and therefore people have left, left the church. People have gone other places over important and sometimes not so important issues. So just for fun, I did a little research and uncovered some, what I'll say, are interesting reasons that church people have reportedly disagreed on issues and churches have split apart. You probably won't be surprised, but over the years, Christians and churches have parted ways with one another, even to the point of splitting away from churches over some quite interesting disagreements. One church split because of a disagreement among the members over the appropriate length of a senior pastor's beard. Not making that up. Luckily, it wasn't about footwear. <laughs> Another church split over a vote to decide if a clock in the worship center should be removed or not. Guess only time will tell on that one. Two different churches reportedly split over the brand of coffee to be served in the fellowship hour. And my favorite, one church actually split apart with some members leaving and going their separate ways over which picture of Jesus was to be displayed in the narthex. I looked at both sides and tend to side with the member who reasoned that they should just leave it up to the person who took the picture. There were lots and lots of others, but the point is the church throughout history has been full of imperfect people and therefore there have always, always been differences of opinion in the church. And sure enough, in today's passage, 90% of the way through the Bible, we have one of those situations, one of those circumstances that could have resulted in a church split, one of those situations the young church faced as it sought to be God's faithful people in the midst of an ever-changing and ever-evolving world. The newcomers... The Hellenists, the, the Greek 
speakers complained that their widows weren't being cared for properly. The Greek actually suggests that these Hellenist widows weren't being waited on or more accurately served at their tables as attentively as were the Jewish widows. So folks complained. And therefore what we have recorded here in Acts chapter 6 is the account of how the complaint was dealt with, how the apostles discussed the matter, how additional leaders were chosen how they were commissioned, you might even say ordained and installed for that purpose, and how the young church moved past that particular issue in the spreading of the Word of God. Or said another way, we have the example of how a church conflict was addressed and maybe even how a potential church split was avoided in the earliest days of the church. And it's a powerful story. But it could have ended much differently. For I think there are at least two fairly common temptations to which those early church folks could have fallen prey. Two temptations that that might have completely derailed the young church right from the beginning. And one of those, I think, is the ever-present human temptation to keep things the way I like them, to maintain control. Back when I was serving the church in Decatur, Alabama, once a month, the Presbyterian pastors in the area would gather for lunch. We'd eat and enjoy each other's company and share stories and compare notes and things like that. Well, one of our number, Joe, was the pastor of what we Presbyterians call a new church development. That's basically a church that the presbytery puts in an area uh, where there's not a Presbyterian church, an area that's new or growing. Well, Joe was the pastor, actually technically called the evangelist of such an effort in our area. In fact, at this time, that new church, that new effort was only uh, only about two months old, only been there a couple of months. And so one of our lunches, Joe told us about a gathering they'd had of the 10 or so families who were attending that church, a meeting where someone brought up the idea of, of maybe trying communion by intinction. That's how we used to do it in this service, where you take a piece of bread and tear it off and dip it in the cup to serve communion. Apparently, they'd passed the elements to each other the one time that she'd been present for the sacrament. And so as they were brainstorming, she wondered if if they might try another way. Well, as Joe related the story to us, immediately someone who apparently had been there since the beginning of of that group announced quite authoritatively, no, we've always passed the elements here. That's the way we do it. The church was only a few months old. But always there was, already there was the tendency to control, to want to hold on to the way we've always done it, the way it had always been, even there. But not so in today's passage. Those early leaders heard the concern, and, and more importantly, if you read the text carefully, they recognized that they were not the only ones with access to the Holy Spirit. 
You might even say they recognized that they were not the only ones connected to God, so they resisted the temptation to control, to have things as they might have wanted them. And then they shared the leadership and the control with others. And that's important. But the second temptation those apostles resisted is the one I think is even more prevalent maybe than the temptation to have it our way to control. And that's the temptation to become distracted. For in the midst of everything that's always swirling around in the life of the church, not to mention the life of the world, it's easy to become distracted from what's really important, from what ultimately matters most. Yet thank goodness those early leaders didn't let that happen. Thank goodness they didn't let the controversy or the conflict turn their attention to the point where that became the be-all, end-all for them or for the church. And that's important as well. In fact, they openly shared the leadership with the very ones that raised the complaint. For if, or if you scan the names of the newly elected seven, Stephen, Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, you note that every one of those names are Hellenist names. And Luke concludes this remarkable account with these words. The word of God continued to spread, and the number of disciples increased greatly in Jerusalem. You know, we're long since the earthly lives of the writers of the books in the library we call the Bible. Long since this example of the apostles dealing with this issue that arose in the life of the church and, and even putting aside the relative silliness of the reasons I listed earlier of why some churches have actually split, it's no secret that through the years there have been issues and events and circumstances that have called God's people to consider what is and, and what's not of real importance when it comes to the life of the church. And, and with the clarity of hindsight, it's pretty obvious that flawed church people that we are, we've certainly not always gotten every decision on every issue correct. And even after all these years, the church today is not much different from God's people of Noah's day. And Groucho Marx's words are still not all that far off when it comes to membership in this organization many of us love pretty dearly. For even in this wonderful, caring, loving, open, accepting church here at Roswell, we're all still by no means of one mind on all the issues that have arisen before us. Some of those Issues maybe even bordering on the silliness of whether or not a clock should be removed from the sanctuary or which picture of Jesus should be hung in the narthex. And undoubtedly, some of them are and have been of truly significant theological or pastoral importance. In fact, I, I, I think our willingness here to disagree with one another while refusing to insist on having it our way to control or to become distracted and at the same time realizing that there's room here for varying opinions 
and ideas is one of the great strengths that we share. For I really do think that we're at our best when, when like those apostles in today's passage, we, we resist these natural temptations. I really do think that, that we are at our best when we seek to be persons full of the Spirit and of wisdom. Persons who are honest and wise and who devote ourselves to prayer and the serving of the Word. I really do think that we're better together. Especially, especially when we're able to keep the important things, the important things. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the church of your dear son, the community of believers, the fellowship of faith. And we thank you especially for the varied thoughts and opinions that we share openly and, and freely in our effort to love you and love one another. Help us, we pray, to focus on what is truly important as we seek to spread your word in a world so desperate for that word. In Christ's name. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.